On today's Mass Man Show, me and Kaz and very special guest Dan St. Germain are going to break down every possible man we can imagine winning the Royal Rumble. There's a lot of them. Stay tuned. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts, from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond, eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What's going on, jabronis? It's Pitch Mr. Perfect, Skylar Aston. Hey, this is Bruce Pritchard. Gross Battle Season 1 champion, Mike Long. The king of sad stop. The Silver Lake heartthrob. It's Troy Kirby. It's Nick Mundy. This is your real WWE superstar, the legit boss, Sasha Banks. Hey, this is WWE superstar, Braun Strowman. My name's Kevin Owens. I'm Shinsuke Nakamura. Zach Linder. Dan Black, a.k.a. the Goofaraja. I'm AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, if you will, and you're listening. You're listening to this. You're listening to. You are listening to. You're listening. You're listening. listening You're listening to the Masked Man Show. 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 Welcome to the Masked Man Show with Kaz and Dan Saint Germain. Guys, how are you doing today? Hey, what's going on? Glad to be back. This is a reunion episode of sorts. It is. It is. I feel like uh, Dan's kind of like he, he got he has like the Urkel role in the Mass Man show, like the <laughs> the doorbell knocks and it's oh, like the no. studio audience claps and it's like, hey, Dan's here. So and I, I have a Stefan character called Don. <laughs> <laughs> the, the hair is nice and slicked back. He yeah, wears a like, he wears hey, an ascot. Yeah, I talk like a Jersey boy. <laughs> hey, what's going on? What's going on lamp? over here? What's going on over here? <laughs> Dan, I think. I prefer to think of Dan as like the Rey Mysterio of the show who just runs into the like enters is a surprise entrant in the Royal Rumble every other year. You're just like we're just supposed <laughs> to act like he, we're supposed to like pop for this guy who's around all the time anyway. And and um, and, and we beat his kids, so he's definitely yeah. the Rey Mysterio. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, that was the best. Uh, the Bud Murphy pinata episode was probably the best <laughs> thing that happened on Raw last year. Raw's been rough. Um, yeah, I mean, listen. There's a lot on there's a lot on Drew right now and Drew's not even there. And there's something about Drew where like I I buy him as a champ. I'm not quite there as I buy him on like a pre-recorded message from his home gym champ yet. I need like, you know, he can it's it's okay. He can be absent. Let let his return be meaningful. Anyway. There's a totally cool with him uh just kind of not being around, <laughs> but I get it. You can't just have a big uh, Goldberg angle and just disappear off the face of the earth, but that's COVID. I, so I, have, a qu- I, I have a question. First, we're going to talk about the Rumble today. All we're going to do is talk about the Rumble. We'll get into Ron SmackDown AEW. Uh, if you want to go into detail on Jericho line salting himself into, <laughs> into paralysis, we can do that. But uh, just basic question. Is it totally off? Would it be totally off limits? And I know that logistically it's weird because if you test positive for COVID, you can't like be around. But is it would it be off limits to write somebody off with like a, like an attack injury if they got COVID? Uh, I would think so. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, would think, I would think so. I think I think this is I think this is the wrestling's great get out of jail free card. You know, you don't really need to. I mean, unless unless. Unless you write in a storyline when somebody has COVID and instead of like brawling and beating them up in the locker room, they just, I don't know, drink their a cup of their water or something. <laughs> it's like, I'll get this guy. And it's like, oh, my God, he has COVID. Remember when what Daniel Bryan had like a storyline seizure and then every then WWE had to pretend like he didn't have a storyline seizure? Wait, or- what was this? Didn't that happen when he was like feuding with Triple H? Wasn't there the thing, the time where Daniel Bryan got like, or no, Triple H got the fake concussion, but then separately Daniel Bryan like had a kind of like, like did a, a weird bump outside the ring. Anyway, some of these <laughs> things are, we, I think we've learned from the concussion stuff that some of these things, I guess, are a step too far. Listen, just, yeah. Raw's been, Raw was okay. SmackDown was really good, man. SmackDown is like, my notes for SmackDown are very long and they're all, it's like weird. It's like, it's like, uh, like, 
like poetry under the influence. I have notes about like uh, it's just like, analysis. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, look, I woke up this morning. I'm like, why do I have white sofa written here in circled? I'm not sure. <laughs> Let's talk about SmackDown real quick before we get into Rumble talk because I want to get deep. Which we just want to talk Rumble, and the one thing we're not really going to be able to talk about is last year's Rumble, which was amazing. Yes, ended with. Drew McIntyre and Roman Reigns and Roman Reigns was I mean it seems like a lifetime ago but he was doing what babyface Roman Reigns did best which was make you think he was going to beat somebody mm-hmm. only for them to surprise you and win. Yeah. And now we're going to have Drew McIntyre who's ensconced as champion facing off against Goldberg at the Rumble. We're going to have uh Roman Reigns not facing Adam Pierce but instead facing uh Kevin Owens again which is cool. I'm excited about it. That's not cool. <laughs> well, okay. Yeah. Here's a question. I, I, I mean, I love Kevin Owens and all, but man, I was I was jazzed for Scrap Daddy versus Roman Reigns, and then I, I was I was looking forward to it too. But you can't have Adam Pierce and Roman and Goldberg and Drew because that's two gimmick matches. Mm. You know, like I feel like you need a real because Goldberg can't. I mean. If they do Goldberg could have sat this one out then, man. Yeah, of course. <laughs> like, sat There's this no one reason. Out. I mean, that's the problem. You can't, you know, like what? Then we have two five minute heavyweight main right, events. Right, right, right. But uh, I mean, man, I've 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 seen I've seen Adam still bump around sometimes back right. back in my day uh, when he was like running 205 Live, and this is when 205 Live was like the shit when you know they had like Mustafa Ali and said and. Uh, TJP and all these guys. Well, he could still go. Uh, I don't know if he's medically cleared, technically. Well, that's well, that's the question, though. Is this? Listen, we've seen a lot of like champ versus authority figure or just re- regular person matches over the years. Was this swerve with the way they brought KO into that spot? Was this swerve better because people actually wanted to see Adam Pierce wrestle? Was it, or was it, or or was it just like the unnecessary letdown? You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, I just thought it was better be- because it made sense. I mean, th- that's it. Look, like, I would have liked the Adam Pierce match. I'm not, I really, I did like that angle. I'm just saying it like it made sense to me. And it showed a baby face that was smarter than the heels, which WWE sometimes has a hard time doing. So that's what I was excited about. But yeah, you know, I, I also get that people would have been disappointed. Right. Like, if, if this had been Teddy Long, or you know, whoever somebody that you knew wasn't gonna really have a match, then I feel like we all would have been sort of gratified by KO. But we probably would have predicted it instead of been instead of spent the past two weeks fantasy booking Adam Pierce, you know, into the championship. <laughs> yeah, the, I, I feel like that works with certain authority figures where you think the absolute worst is gonna happen to them. They did Roman and and Heyman and um, Jay Uso didn't really sell. Like doom and gloom enough for me for Adam Pierce. It's like okay, they're gonna they're gonna you know back this guy into a match so Roman can legally beat the crap out of him. This kayfabe speaking, like legally beat the crap out of him, right? But you know after they kind of talked him into it, I'm like, all right. You see him on Twitter. You see the tweets. You see kind of how Adam's carrying himself. You see other wrestlers being like. Man, this is your big chance. You can do it. Like WWE.com is like showing highlight videos of him and, you know, back in NWA and like, you know, fighting Adam Cole and people are, you know, they're, they're doing a, a legitimate job, a job of trying to like legitimize like, hey, if you, you probably never seen Adam Pierce wrestle before mainstream wrestling audience. But here's a reason why this match is actually going to be really good. So, you know, like we always say on the show, WWE will always, uh, you know, they'll always let you know where they're going before they go there. And I kind of get the feeling that they were ready to go there, but maybe Adam Pierce wasn't really medically cleared or conditioning wasn't ready or uh, uh, impact test or something. I don't know. But I had a feeling that they were ready to go there and they were just like, he, he can't. He, he just simply can't do it. Huh. That's interesting. I mean, because it, it just felt like it was a setup all along. Like Dan said, it made mm-hmm. sense. And and. It definitely made sense, yeah. Does that diminish what KO did if it's just like four months to, of nothing? I mean, with, with with no moral victory? I don't know. I guess I'll have to book it just right. And listen, for SmackDown, I, I give them the benefit of the doubt. Um, they're doing a lot of stuff right over there. I was going through a list. I, ta- I told you guys before, you know, earlier this week that we should talk about 
all the different people, or, you know, so maybe we could we could see winning the Rumble, like like real ones, fantasy ones, like whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. And I was going through this list, and I realized SmackDown's got a lot of people that you could that you could imagine winning right now. And I know this sounds really dumb, but it's almost as if they're 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 deliberately making it make, making it hard for you to decide to, to predict who's going to win. Yeah. Right. I mean, like, there's not really any, like, the only rationale for Cesaro beating Daniel Bryan on Friday is mm-hmm. to make you think Cesaro is going to win the Royal Rumble or to set up a win for Cesaro to win the Royal Rumble. Right. I mean, it's it's um it's kind of exciting. Anyway, who? Uh, let's just go. Let's just go in a circle. Uh, Kaz, you go first. Who n- name somebody who you can predict or want to predict seriously or half seriously to win the Royal Rumble in 2021. Okay, uh, I would say to predict. Uh, I'm, I, I kind of feel the opposite with you. I know, you, I know, you're saying that. Um, you know, they're they're putting it out there to make it seem like anybody could win, but I feel like, and this is from watching uh, terrible episodes of Raw. I think all signs are pointing to the Fiend and Alexa Bliss winning both Royal Rumbles. Like, I feel like you know they've already Ooh. kind of turned Alexa Bliss into some, like, shape-shifting, all-powerful woman who shoots fire and could morph and just manhandle or woman-handle Asuka now, the women's champion. And The Fiend's been gone forever. But, you know, uh, Randy Orton has declared himself that he's going to be in the Royal Rumble. He's got the scary-looking American Psycho mask that he's wearing now because his face has been burnt to a crisp. And... I feel like they're really setting up the fiend for this weird Joker babyface run, I guess, that they've been doing for a while. Because you know, as as crazy and as evil as the fiend has been trying to be, like nothing's more evil than burning someone alive, right? Like that's pretty bad. <laughs> so, um, I personally not super jazzed about the fiend uh possibly winning the Royal Rumble. I think it's a I think it's the easiest get. I think uh D- Dave's uh Dave's predictions of or possibilities of a Cesaro or a Shinsuke or a Big E or um any of those guys winning the Royal Rumble is probably way more interesting than me. But I would say on the flip side of that, if it's not the fiend, I would kind of take into the account the whole Daniel Bryan thing. Um, not necessarily Daniel Bryan winning the Rumble, but if you've noticed, since Daniel Bryan's come back with, uh, you know, being on SmackDown or whatever, his whole, you can tell, his whole objective is getting people over. Yep. Like, he's doing stuff with with Otis and 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 uh, and uh, Gable. He's taking L's from Shinsuke, taking L's from Cesaro. He's like, whatever I can do to lend my credibility to somebody who absolutely needs it. That's what I'm going to do. So, I mean, you know what? The Fiend is probably my easy guess. If I had some money to burn and, and I wanted to make some money, I'd pick Cesaro. I think Cesaro might take it this year. Who who knows? Who knows? They've already proven that you can take a guy who hasn't really been used properly over the years in Drew McIntyre or hasn't been uh, positioned properly and make him a ma- major star. And every single time WWE on Fox or WWE Twitter account tweets, hey, who's the most underrated wrestler? Cesaro Trends, right? So they've proven that the Royal Rumble is the end-all, fix-all. If we can take a guy who we've kind of fucked up with for the past eight or ten years and make them a guy overnight, you know, the Royal Rumble's the way to do it. And I think Cesaro's been put in a, in a, in a strong position to be that guy. So who knows? We shall see. I guess my question is for, I mean, people always talk about, you know, guy, guys who don't need the belt, right? The Undertaker was the sort of prime example of, or Andre the Giant or something, you know, someone who doesn't need a belt to be on top of the company. And you can make that case pretty, if you want to easily about The Fiend. But even though The Fiend has been champ, will be champ again, can totally be champ. It seems to me like you can much easier make the argument he doesn't need to win the Royal Rumble. Now, I like I like what you're, uh, you know, the visual of him and Alexa Bliss winning both of them is, that's compelling. But we've seen time and time again, if The Fiend wants a championship match, he just materializes into the ring and, and you know, <laughs> after a blackout and, and, and you know, punches the challenger, takes out the, the champ. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. He doesn't need the win to win it. But, you know, whatever. Dan, what do you think? 
Well, I, I just taken like, I think Kaz makes a good point, but here's a fantasy booking off of Kaz's suggestion. If, and why I think Kaz's suggestion would work. Um, first off, like most wrestling fans aren't us. They're yeah. guys who wear <laughs> like black Jenkos and like hang out in the parking lots of Walmart <laughs> and do stuff that's in documentaries. That's, that's who right, wrestling so how is it, how, how, how is that not us exactly? Yeah, oh, you're right. You're right. It's, it's, it's a stone's <laughs> throw away from us. Uh, so like the fiend is their stone cold Steve Austin, you know, like that's their stone cold. So like if if you want to have a field goal moment for Mania, because whoever Roman is facing at Mania, he's gonna run through until he faces the rock. If you want a feel good moment at Mania, do you have Goldberg beat Drew and then the fiend avenge his crown jewel loss? Uh and and take out Goldberg at Mania, would that be like a, a big feel-good moment? Or it'll feel good to me. <laughs> it'll feel good to me. I mean, I I don't know. I I I I dig that. I dig that. I feel like, you know, the fiend and Goldberg. And what they've noticed, what we've noticed about WWE and especially the Fiend character, is like he always gets his get back, right? Like even if it's not right away. They'll always tie it back around to, oh, why is such and such attacking Randy Orton? Well, he burned down his house several years ago. Oh, why is he attacking, um, you know, uh, Seth Rollins? Why is he attacking all these oh, John Cena? Like the 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 Bray, the Wyatt verse, I guess the the Wyatt family verse, like never ends. So there's definitely that op- that opportunity for for Bray to kind of go in there and and you know maul through Goldberg and win the universal title or WWE title. So all right. Well, uh, man, that's that's too much to think about now. If they, if <laughs> <laughs> I can't even wrap my head around Drew McIntyre not retaining against Goldberg, but as we've seen, anything is possible. Hey, I want to circle Goldberg, back to this Goldberg's is, record against young and up and coming talent WWE is pretty pristine. He's only <laughs> That's true. It's a, it's absolutely true. I mean listen, yeah. he could he could definitely be in the main event. I think the Drew project is probably worth more to what WWE is doing right now. Um, but but who knows? Oh, no. Um, the Fiend is like a more American champion right now, right? Than like Drew. Drew's like this throwback, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, and I, I like Drew a lot, but like the Fiend is the American dream right now. Mm-hmm. It's this weird clown nightmare fucking baby face, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is the greatest argument I've ever heard. I love this. The Do Fiend we, is America right now. It's, yeah, maybe I mean, the Fiend isn't awesome. The Fiend is 2021 Hulk Hogan. <laughs> maybe. Maybe, man. Like, that weird shit. And listen, if there's one character who's really uh, lost its luster without having a crowd, it's definitely the Fiend. Like, he is an experience for a live audience, so... I, I, I'm not. I'm not against that. I mean, he's maybe he's Hulk Hogan with a, a, a deformed face. Who knows? I'm, <laughs> I, I can get with that. I can get with that theory. Yeah. Um, do we have like? Do we have like favorites of? Okay, if I'm in charge, here's who should win the Royal Rumble and why. Like Wait, just do your we, favorites. Do you and I have that. Yeah, not necessarily well, like. Okay, where's the story going? But like, who's the who's the most fun? Who's probably the most fun? winner of the Royal Rumble, if we could just pick a name who's out there. Well, I, I'm going to circle back to what point uh, the case that you made for Cesaro, because that would be super fun, right? I mean, there's this whole... The, to me, you, you put Cesaro and Shinsuke and Daniel Bryan in this sort of group together, because Bryan's put both of them over and, uh, and put them both in position to partic- p- potentially win. You could obviously also make the pro wrestling logic case that Daniel Bryan ate the, can eat those losses because he was being because he's going to surprise us all by winning the Rumble again, and it's going to be Daniel Bryan Roman Reigns at WrestleMania, which is a money match, I think, for you know, on anybody's measure. But uh, any of those, I mean, I think that the answer is if they actually would pull the trigger on a lot of people are kind of predicting Shinsuke as the dark horse because he's been sort of low key feuding with Roman Reigns and 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 Jey Uso. I'm not sure if he's doing more than just shooting with Jey Uso, but uh, if they did pull the trigger on Nakamura or Cesaro, I would love to see how they did it. Right? I would. I mean, I would love. I, I would. I would love to watch that hypothetical match if done well. I love it how we're booking this, and it's just going to be Brock shows up at number thirty and wins. <laughs> <laughs> Don't put that nightmare into my into my life now, please. It's it's which you know what Brock Roman three or four. I don't know how many times they fought. 
Those would be three for me. Never sucks. It's a match that never sucks. You know, I, mean, so, I don't know. The second one kind of. I love thirty one. The ending. 30, the ending 30, was pretty. The ending was pretty weird. But the actual, yeah, you know, real weird. Oh my goodness. Um, uh, I'll tell you. I'll tell you one that this is not a. This is not a wild card. But some, mm-hmm. the one that I would really like to see mm-hmm. is uh, is AJ Styles winning on Raw. I like AJ Styles and, winning and, too. And and the reason's not just because I love AJ. I love AJ and. I want to see, and his his little gimmick now is incredibly fun to watch, and I would you know love to see that get the sort of nod. But I think that I really think that we're in the spot now. Everyone talked about all the people, Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar, all the people that Undertaker was kind of given the rub to on the way out over the past decade of him leaving. But this is the, I mean, we really need to establish right now that AJ Styles is the new Mr. WrestleMania. That like having a match against AJ Styles at WrestleMania is meaningful. And I think mm-hmm. it would be really, I would love to see, I would love to see AJ Styles win and then just sort of do a promo where he's like, Drew, you've been champion for a year, but you're not champion. You're not champion until you beat me at WrestleMania or something like mm-hmm. that. And then just let them go out there and just, you know, tear the house down. I could dig that. I could dig that a lot, actually. The more I think about it. You don't think it's going to be Braun, right? Oh God, I don't think so. Uh, I mean, that's it. Oh, he's hurt, I guess, but he could come back. Yeah, that there's a lot of guys on the shelf. Like the Seth Rollins is on the shelf. He's a possibility. Braun Strowman's possibility. Becky Lynch. I don't know how long postpartum uh, lasts. Really, I think she's a possibility. There's always that possibility of people that you're not seeing on TV. And for the seventh year in a row, I'm throwing it out there. CM Punk is gonna <laughs> return. This is gonna be the year, guys. Dude, gonna- <laughs> I, I actually think it's that's possible because there's no crowd. And no crowd, if, there, yes. if he needs to like if he needs to one up how underwhelming his re-emergence on the FS1 show was, <laughs> then showing up to a no crowd Royal Rumble. I mean, that would just be the ultimate fuck you to every wrestling fan. Just the icing on the cake. Put on cult of personality to absolutely no crowd. Yes. <laughs> yes, I would. It. Um, on the Raw side, I would, in a weird way, there's two, there's two guys. I wouldn't be mad at Bobby Lashley winning I the have World Rumble. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like yeah. they've been building Lashley up for a while. If, if you're keeping Drew as the champ and you still want to elevate Drew, maybe a title for title match. You know what I mean? World title, WWE title versus US title at WrestleMania yeah. intrigues me. Um, and just a personal favorite who I know is not going to win, but if he did, I'd probably be the world's happiest man. Matt Riddle. I think Riddle's been hilarious. And on top of that, he could wrestle his ass off and he's getting a whole lot of... He's, get, he's been getting a ton a ton of screen time, you know, mm-hmm. whether it's the backstage vignettes or the little weed jokes that they slide in or, yeah. or all that type of stuff. You know, you kind of feel like WWE is trying to like, they're trying to do stuff that's attracting different crowds and them leading into like this stoner wrestler who is, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, 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 an athletic freak also. Um, could be something. I, I I have it like as like a two percent chance of happening. But if it did happen, I, I'd like to just put it on record and be like, yes. Uh, you know why Matt Riddle worked? Vince saw fast. Vince finally saw Fast Times at Ridgemont High at like an <laughs> airport or something, and he's like, oh, okay, I get why this works now. Yes, yeah. No, there was a, there was an actual well, no, an actual report. It was probably just some totally made up thing. But I saw a report somewhere online that Vince. Lo- absolutely loves Riddle, thinks he's like the funniest guy in the world, but actually doesn't get the jokes at all. Like he's not, he's not like actually under comprehending it, which is, uh, I think, just a perfect WWE in a nutshell. But um, yeah, they've been for- doing that with Asian wrestlers for years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is facts. Uh, well, here, here, like I like, I want to go back to the Bobby Lashley thing. I actually love the champion for champion idea. I didn't quite get there in my head, but just doing like a straight up hurt business like traditional faction, like taking everybody else out for each other sort of run in the rumble um, could be really cool. And to have it. And I mean, we saw what happened when they, you know, first came out against retribution and everybody went nuts and thought they were the new babyface heroes or whatever. I think it should definitely be doable to book Bobby Lashley to a big Royal win and have the whole crowd just going absolutely nuts for him too, even without, you know, turning him fully babyface. I, I think, 
that could be a lot of fun. I'm not quite there on Riddle, but like, man, I really think I really think this is the year for Lashley, man. Like they've been trying, they've been trying to make Lashley a big deal for a long time, and I think him being a long-running United States champion, the Hurt business having a great, great run uh, right now, um, him being the muscle, him being, I think. When Drew, I don't know if it was either when Drew first won the title. I think his first feud was with Lashley. Yeah. It was uh, that, right after Seth. I think it was the second. Right feud. after Seth. Right, right, right. But that Lashley Drew McIntyre match was really, really good. Oh, really it's great. That was like my favorite Lashley match ever. Yeah, yeah. Lashley, Lashley. When you get when you get Lashley, a guy who's just as big and quick as him, it it, it it's usually yeah. magic. Which is why I've not, I I to, for the life of me don't understand why they haven't pulled the trigger on the, on the Bobby Brock Lesnar match yet. But uh, when you get somebody as big and, and quick as him, you can see just how special he is. So, I mean, I, I, I think, you know, and I, man, this might be, has a black guy ever won the Royal Rumble? I don't. I mean, do you want to count The Rock? I yeah. mean, The Rock, yeah, I guess The Rock count. Yes, yes, The Rock has won. Did The Rock win the Royal Rumble before? Yeah, he won before 2000. He beat Big Show. Big Show, there, there we go. There we go. My gosh, thank you for that, Dan. I would have got, I would have got slaughtered for that but yeah um, there's a lot there's a yeah there's a lot of mouth breathers who would be coming <laughs> to your house with steaks. how dare you um <laughs> what's what's your thoughts what i know we've we were really big on uh well biggie's the intercontinental champion but there's there's a chance there the same way we kind of look at bobby lashley and, and mac uh as a as a main event uh intercontinental champion Big E against roman reigns who apparently has apollo cruz as his new i don't know uh understudy or or sort of uh uh kind of like his little man's now like he's kind of so, coaching I'm him so up torn, i'm so torn on this because i because i love apollo cruz and love the idea of him in that role uh and it does seem to be what they're hinting at but smackdown's been really good and i this this is a tortured logic but on a really well-written show it doesn't need to mean that, that that he's like the number. He's a new member of the of the faction now, right? right like, right. like if like it's totally feasible that you know that was just a little hint to bring out a new little bit of aggression and 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 in Apollo, and it'll pay off later, or it won't. It doesn't need to necessarily be a big thing. But yeah, I do like Apollo Cruz. I do like what they're doing there. I got dude. I was just pumped that Apollo Cruz could do a promo without smiling the entire time. <laughs> like that, they actually gave him some layers. Like that's the thing. I was like, dude, why are you smiling all the time? You just lost your last five matches. <laughs> um, but no, guy's I, got I a really, beautiful smile, man. What do you he want does to have do? a nice smile, but you know, it, it it it's the it's the die Rocky die smile. That's there the problem. Is. There it is. You know the uh, you know the old gimmick where like in a in a uh, uh, Iron Man match where somebody will like just attack their opponent with a chair and get disqualified just so they can get the next pin like mm. or the next two yeah, pins yeah. or whatever. It'd be kind of interesting to see if they could pull that off in a rumble. If like it's not the right year this year, but you could imagine like Kevin Owens just breaking Roman Reigns' legs and then like entering himself in the rumble at number 30 and trying to, and like getting the WrestleMania match that he knows that Roman Reigns can't show up for or something. You know, like, I guess that's too long-term booking. But I'm, I'm running down the roster saying, thinking about people I would actually like to see in that role. Um, Is this the most unpredictable rumble ever, David? Well, yeah, but that could definitely mean that it's going to be extra predictable. I don't mean to be like, right. to be like too smart guy about this. I mean, listen, did, I don't, I mean, Kaz on your like injury rundown, did you mention edge? I mean, could, Oh, could, didn't even mention edge. There's another could, one. Yeah. We could ju this could just be edges new gimmick. What if they just sign him to like a 10 year deal and it's just like 10 appearances in the Royal rumble <laughs> and a fan an injury after that. Uh, like that, I, I wouldn't, I mean that he would pop the crowd just as big as he did last time or the non crowd or whatever. Um, what do you? What are your thoughts on a possible Jay White appearance? I mean, I, they this is no fake, right? He's, he's on a seven-year contract. They 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 teased it. I mean, I love how I don't know if you've seen the AJ Styles uh, Untold on WWE Network, where they kind of like chronicled AJ's like debut in WWE at the Royal Rumble, and. I've always said like WWE will show you exactly where they're going. Um, if you if you just gotta pay attention to their programming. 
I don't, I mean, I don't know terribly too much about Jay White. You said he's on a seven-year contract? He's like, on a seven-year like, New Japan contract because they, they tried to sign him at AEW last year. He's working everybody with that promo. It, it's a fan, mm. it's a phenomenal promo, but it's a, it's a work. I mean, gotcha. I, I hope I'm wrong uh, because like I, if the moment he steps foot in WWE, Triple H is going to be like, this guy is champion for life because <laughs> he is the best version of Triple H, you know, ever. Um, but I, I, you know, whether or not that happens, I, I don't know. I mean, he's certainly having, I think maybe for his sake, you kind of want to wait until Vince dies and Triple H takes over to, to, to jump the ship. Yeah. I, yeah. I think Vince, I think Vince would get Jay White. I mean, he'd make him yeah, shave. Right. He'd, he make, he'd make I, him shave in about 15 seconds, but, he, but, uh, I think he would get it. I mean, he's, he's, he's got the total package right now. He um, does. But that would be, I mean, listen, I, I I think that all signs point to that being a work, including mm-hmm. the reported, you know, the, the actual, like, factual reportage of the length of his contract. So you're on contract, buddy. You can't do that. <laughs> but, man, it's a it, it's a fun it's a fun thing to think about for sure. Um, one more. OK, would there be any upside? Like, would you pop and not just the I'm shocked pop, but would you what what would, would there be any any excitement at all about Mustafa Ali winning the Royal Rumble? Like actually giving this is wild card territory. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna redeem retribution right now. We're gonna just reset this whole thing. Everybody's gonna come in and they're gonna win the Rumble for their boss, who's gonna who's gonna be the last man standing. Any pop at all for this? I would love it, <laughs> but it would <laughs> it would ruin the company. <laughs> right. I, would, yes. I would love it, but it would also. There's, they haven't done anything to make him seem like a credible threat. If it meant more of uh, his shoot psychotic breaks on sh- social media the past couple weeks, <laughs> then absolutely. But I, I, I just don't, you know, you don't like the thing that he did with Hogan a couple weeks ago. You know, you don't tug at Superman's cape over in Stanford. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But also, you don't. <laughs> It's TV. If it was something they didn't want him doing, they would have cut it immediately. So that to that point, when he started talking about Hulk Hogan and talking about old timers, when's it going to be my time? So like, hmm. So uh, no matter how much they try to make you think, like, hey, this was so off the cuff. He kind of hinted towards it on social media before Raw talk, and then he got on there, and then like WWE like reposted a bunch of times. Oh my God, Ali said so. So all these things. Um. The Royal Rumble is the great redeemer, man. No matter how terrible you've been, whether you've been in boy bands, whether you've been floundering in the mid-card forever, whether you need another shot in the arm as a main eventer, whether you're some dude we haven't seen wrestle in 20 years, the Royal Rumble is the great redeemer. If you win that shit, all the cards are off the table. Clear the decks. We can fix you. We can fix him. It's the $6 million man match. (laughs) Just win this match. Win this match and everything you did before that doesn't really matter. So, I mean, if Retribution, if they're really that in, uh, that engaged with with Retribution, possibly, <laughs> possibly. But I For mean, me, as long as it's not Sheamus, uh, which oh, I think is gosh. a real possibility. I'm Sheamus. sitting here trying. You, you said boy bands, and I know that you're talking about Drew McIntyre, but I'm saying you're trying to remember if Evan Courageous ever had a cup of coffee <laughs> at the WWE. No love for three count. No love for three uh, count on the mass man show. <laughs> um, no, there's always love for three count over here. How, okay. how have we not discussed the possibility of Keith Lee winning? I was this? about to say the same thing. You said you said favorites, and I was just like, no one said Keith Lee. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, there's any shows you if how he's been booked the last couple months. Well, I mean, but I think that they have booked him in such a way that, like, that would be a both a gratifying win and a little bit of a surprise, right? I mean, but but also like they've built up enough that it wouldn't be like a shocker. It's not like it wouldn't be like Riddle winning or like you know anybody somebody from NXT jumping up and winning. I yeah. mean, this is this is a guy they've established as a main eventer with a storyline relationship to the champion, and and a guy who's gone. I mean. It was had top, I mean, top flight, absolutely incredible matches on Raw already. Yeah, they've positioned him in the, in the in a way where he's never. I don't even think he's even smelt the U.S. title or any other title. He's oh, he's he was thrown directly into the top card world title picture right after NXT. So I mean, even though he did lose to Drew McIntyre right before the Goldberg match, I think that was purposely done. I think the fact that you know, as soon as the match is over, he rolled over, and then Goldberg's here. 
it was purposely done to be like, okay, let's like keep him. I don't think it was a, people would be like, oh my gosh, they, they, they buried him. They buried him. I was like, no, bro. Like this dude's clearly a part-timer. He will be back. They will touch on this again. He will, they will circle back and be like, listen, I, I was this close. Like I had you, I'm going to get another chance at it. The Royal Rumble's a great chance for that to happen. So, um, I wouldn't surprise me. He would, he'd, he'd probably, he'd be a top five favorite. Like if I was putting like top five, most likely guys on the roster right now to win, he'd, he'd, he'd land at like a three. For me, yeah. like, I'd see that. I'd see that happening. Yeah. He feels like the sort of person that's going to be at three for everybody. but And people with very different opinions. He's just sort of sitting there and, like, the th- in third place across the board. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED highlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, It's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. How about wild cards? Do you have anybody that's like that that you think would shock everyone else on this podcast to hear you? The Miz. The Miz would be a great wild card. (laughs) We've never had somebody hold. We've had double champs. We've had double, uh, you know, Royal Rumble winners or whatever. We've never had a guy have the money in the bank contract and win the Royal Rumble. Uh, I think that would be a fun story to tell with Drew. I still think I still think they haven't really picked the fruit off of a Miz Drew McIntyre feud, and I do think we're really, you know, the Miz is um, uh, as far as like mainstream stars. He's at the top of the card. Uh, as far as like WWE guys that are that are you know uh, on the roster, I, I I really like the Miz, but they've beaten him way too much. Yeah, I drew, Miz. but it's the Miz. I what do you know? Got? But it's he's, it, like he's beating, not, and then there's like this is like he's been beat, beat. His know? character, his character isn't like a fighting champion. He's a he's a dick. Right. He's like a he's like a he's like a cowardly like mm-hmm. Hollywood. Well, but you know. okay. Well, but then the other argument is like you can't have one of your big WrestleMania matches be what was like a Raw main event with John Morrison for like four months straight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's possible. That's possible. I just, I just think we're. I think the 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 the, the Miz as as champ again is sort of an inevitability. I think that the uh, your Edge suggestion actually. I keep coming back to Edge. Edge seems like very tempting for Vince not to. Because he's like, I can put Edge against Drew or Roman, and it's a main event at WrestleMania for different reasons. Agreed. Uh, I got one for you. We've you talked got? about, you know, we're talking about Keith Lee, and we, it feels like just the other day, there was that rumor that he was getting sit, sent back down the NXT mm-hmm. for <laughs> wrestling lessons or whatever. And we, we talked then about how, WWE does seem to have this little fascination of working the fans like in on the internet, right? Mm-hmm. To sort of like make you think one thing, do a head fake, and actually do the other thing. One thousand percent, one thousand percent, yes. What if in the most ultimate version of this at all, we get to number thirty in the Royal Rumble? The fans or the digital fans or fake piped in noise counts down from ten to one, and Alistair Black's music hits. Mm. don't you think I mean I just feel like he's like plug and play we've talked about this a million times but if he came in it'd probably work better with a crowd but if he but if Aleister Black comes in and just like destroyed everyone left in the ring and won would that be would he be less interesting or viable than anybody else we've talked about I feel like he'd be right there can he talk about it on Twitch afterwards (laughs) (laughs) Um, that'd be really interesting I think you know, there's 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 guys floating around who we haven't seen in a while. Uh, Andrade is another one. I don't think he'd win, but I think he'd he'd make things very interesting. Um, but Alistair, man, ah, he's man. 
I've wanted it so bad for him ever since after NXT because after NXT, I'm like, all right, this guy's clearly, clearly, uh, uh, there's something here as far as like a mainstream appeal. You know what I mean? Like, and I don't know if they really got him on the main level yet. And again, the Royal Rumble being the great redeemer, that's going to all fix things regardless. Um, I, I don't, I, I don't necessarily see it. I mean, like I love, I love, Alistair Black, I think he's super dope. But, um, you know, I almost feel like when you're kind of coming back after a long hiatus, it has to be something where storyline-wise, it's, oh, my God, this guy's back to reclaim what's rightfully his type of thing. Not, you know, we didn't really have nothing for you. Oh, but here, you're now the Royal Rumble winner. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, like, I almost feel like when when those guys are taking, like, Edge, perfect example. The reason why Edge is the easy, is the easy favorite is because injury-wise and storyline-wise and Randy Orton-wise, it all kind of makes sense for him to come back and and win the Royal Rumble. Um, but, also, man. Also, couldn't you see, like, a rated R superstar version of Edge, like, really getting Drew over as a baby face? Oh, Yeah. Yeah, I just don't. See, I think that all, Cena. Listen, I think Edge r- working as a heel at any point in his return is less likely than Aleister Black winning the Rumble. I just say, I, I just think that it's. Mm-hmm. I don't think Vince would be totally happy for him to wrestle Randy Orton twenty more times, and and you know, or, or just be the babyface against other heels. I, I, I would. I don't know. I mean, I, but I, but I, I couldn't agree with you more. I think that would be really cool and really fun. I mean, I think everybody, and I think fans. And I know, I mean, whatever, but if, you know, without a live audience, fans kind of a weird thing. But like, we're gonna have a live audience back soon, and I think fans would give Ed, heel Edge the respectful booze that they give Paul Heyman and all the other, you know, villains that we actually just well, the, love well, as Edge human kind beings. Of, Edge definitely, uh, Edge definitely lent to it. He kind of, he kind of, he kind of gave a clue that he was going back to his like psycho ways when he was injured, right? In that last promo, yeah, he, he said did. he said it. He said yeah. the rated R thing before he left. Yeah, all right, I could see that. I could definitely uh, see that. That'd be tight. By the way, I, we we mentioned it earlier, but just so as uh, making sure it gets noted, Randy Orton in the burn mask was just the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life, and I <laughs> I can't believe we've never. I mean, Randy Orton has been operating at such a high level. Uh, for the past year, basically, but like specifically the past several months, and he's, I mean, that mask is the coolest thing I've ever seen. It looks like the murderer in Hush. Have you ever seen the movie Hush? Uh, Yeah, I mean, it was just so affecting. Like you knew him. I mean, I don't know. It it was really, really good stuff. And maybe it's something that he needs. What do we think? I'm just throwing out names now because I and I mentioned him last week. But what do we think about? What do you think they're the what do you think they're doing with Ricochet? I'm not even gonna make the case for him to win the rumble. What are they doing with Ricochet right now? Because that's mm-hmm. that match against AJ and the backstage promo that led to it seemed like more than nothing, right? That was more than filler. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, he's still signed, right? Until like 2024 or something. He's yeah, got they got a, him for a while. Yes, yeah, he's there. He's not going for, anywhere. <laughs> despite the rumors. Yeah, they for a long time. So, I mean, maybe, maybe it's I mean, I, I don't think they have, you know, Gato, Gato booking, another guy from New Japan. I've been mm-hmm. friends, I guess. But may, maybe there's this huge long-term plan, like, all right, let's have him booked like shit for two years so we get a huge babyface run the third year. But probably not. I mean, you know he's going to do some cool shit in the Rumble, you know? So, I mean, that's that's definitely there. I, I think he might he might have the Kofi Kingston memorial spot of the year oh, where it's like, wow. <laughs> it's like that's, wow. It, that's his push it's called the memorial spot the <laughs> memorial spot uh where he where he defies logic and, and stays in the match but i mean i don't know i feel like ricochet man he's an easy fix he's so good in the ring you don't really need to do much with him you just kind of got to put him in a position to succeed and uh, who knows, man? It is, it is so, it's so weird with him, man. Like, I think he's a guy that everybody loves. He's sort of mainstream. Like, anytime anything happens on Raw, I mean, quick pause. Anybody saw that bouncing off the rope styles clash that unbelievable? I was unbelievable. Like, it was like, it was like when I saw T Mac throw the ball off the, off of an alley oop to himself and dunk it in a game. I'm like, this is exactly, yeah. you know, it was, it was amazing. Um, but Ricochet is a guy where, like, even if you're not watching Raw, he does something every week that makes you go, holy shit, 
who's that guy? Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> like, no, I mean, listen, he, you, you said, you said, you called the, the uh, Kofi Kingston Memorial spot. It's really the Shelton Benjamin Memorial spot and Shelton will be there <laughs> this year. Now, if you want to see, I mean, it would be kind of funny if all three of them, I mean, I'm sure Kofi's still hurt, but like if, if all three of them were in the rumble and ended up doing like a, like all three of them end up doing ha- like handstands on the outside of the ring yeah, at the same time. And they have to like same staples, rolly chair. <laughs> yeah. and they, they have to like slap fight to like see who makes it back to the ring. That would be fantastic. Yeah. I mean, I just think, I just think if there's anything that wrestling history and especially even like WWE history has shown us is that like, Ricochet, a guy like Ricochet is so easy to book to the top. I mean, he's not the exact same as as you know Jeff Hardy at his peak, but he could, but like he 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 would evoke that same thing from the crowd if he won a shocking match against a big champ or something, you know. And and yeah, how did and, they get over Jeff Hardy's promo? Like they should take lessons from that because him and Ricochet. I mean, it's a similar thing, right? Where they're spectacular in the ring, but on yeah. the mic, it's kind of yikes. It's true. Uh, they didn't have him talk much back in the day. And then he started talking, I think, later, especially in TNA and stuff. And it was just a lot of oddness. But uh, he's still not just an expert. Uh, he has a little bit of that, like, old school wrestler promo style where he just, like, now at this point, as a, as a you know, yeah, 40-year-old. I don't, think, I don't think he never got promos, though. I think the fans just, like... yeah. By force of will, just got him over. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. I think he just yeah. forced them to be awesome, and um, you know, he never became like a a master wordsmith. But like, God, he had cool face paint, cool music. That's it. He danced, just the caps. Yeah, and and that <laughs> that was it. Like, I remember the first time he won the WWE title. That was like all of the people that uh, bought fiend masks dressed like Jeff Hardy in 1989. <laughs> <laughs> Jenko's everywhere. The Jenko stock. I'm, I'm going to put some Jenko stock that on, fucking, on, that's on not, not just Hood. Hot Topic. Flaming Hot. Flaming Hot Topic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to put some Jenko stock on Robin Hood if the fiend wins. How about that? <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I mean, I could... All right, so the case for Ricochet winning the Royal Rumble is, man... My favorite Royal Rumbles are when small guys win it. And he's probably the most, you know, I guess since, I guess Seth Seth Rollins doesn't really count as a quote-unquote small guy. But I would even, I would go as far as maybe like Rey Mysterio, you know what I mean? Like super-duper trooper underdog um, winning. Um, It's easy to book small guys that can work. Uh, Mm -hmm. And it's not like he's small. Like, he's also, like, mega athletic and strong. And he can believably work Drew McIntyre and has in the past. And could, you know, there's there's so much much fruit on the tree for for Ricochet. I just hope they they do it right because, you know. So true. When he first came in, I felt like, oh, yeah, this is no-brainer. Like, came in, U.S. champion right away. Fucking awesome entrance, awesome debuts. Like, he was probably the biggest attraction on NXT when he first got to NXT, despite not being able to be like a, a knockdown drag out promo king. But easy I don't know. I don't know. It's, this is this is what makes the Royal Rumble fun because you can make a case for literally anybody who yeah. really deserves it. And I probably and it's probably a hard thing to book because they're probably looking at all these people and be like, damn. As we're having this discussion and I'm kind of getting into into the idea of Ricochet winning. Then I, my, the other the next thing that happened was I imagined Keith Lee like doing the pounce on Ricochet and knocking him into the fifth row like from the middle of the ring and I was like no I'd rather see that. Yeah, that's probably Ricochet's spot. Um he's probably he might be one of the few people in the main roster that could really really sell that move. So, uh you know, maybe he just helps somebody else get over. Anyway, there's a million people that could win this thing. We barely talked about I guess we talked about some SmackDown options too. For some reason, it seems like SmackDown's the we like. It feels like like Drew McIntyre Goldberg is. If Drew retains, that's just over. So it's almost to me. It seems like a given that the Raw match will be decided. The Raw WrestleMania match will be determined by the Rumble um, because you could get somewhere in more of a straight line with Roman Reigns, but maybe not. I mean, maybe it's Daniel Bryan, like we talked about. Um, I don't know. Uh, there, there's a lot of different options out there. But I guess that's what makes it so exciting, right? That's what it's my favorite pay-per-view of the year, man. Uh it's it's the one, it's the one pay-per-view you can bet on like a degenerate gambler, which makes that fun. Oh, <laughs> it's a well. blast, yeah. It's so fun. So and and it's the great 
I always tell people always say, well, WrestleMania is the mainstream show. And that's very true. But like if you got somebody who's never watched wrestling or is kind of like a, a you know, casual viewer, the Royal Rumble is the best place to kind of pick right back up because you kind of get I everybody. I agree. Yeah, it's like a clip show. It's like a clip show in, 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 on a sitcom. It's like if you haven't watched the whole season, here's what you missed. Like. Randy Orton's yeah. got a burned face. The Fiend got burnt to a crisp. Drew McIntyre won it last year, but now he's the champ. Uh, Keith it's like Lee getting the also... chef's menu at the restaurant. Yes, or something. exactly. It's it's the sampler, the mm-hmm. sampler for wrestling fans. So let me just get a little bit of everything. I had to come up with the fattest example, by the way. <laughs> it's like when you go to a restaurant and eat everything. <laughs> uh, but we we got to get we got to get out of here, guys. But I want to ask you your opinion on a few things for sure uh, before we go. Um, Alexa over Oscar, what do we think? I thought it was a lot of people. Okay, I'll, I'll say this up front: a lot of people are complaining about how Alexa Bliss had Oscar in the setup. Um, for the sister Abigail for like, you know, 30 seconds before she pulled it off. And that, that defied belief or what? I mean, it's just, I understand that we just like to complain as wrestling fans, but that's really dumb. This is like, it's, this is like a magical spooky gimmick and it's okay. If she like, <laughs> and it's also a television show. It's okay if she takes, you know, a little bit of time to build the tension before she, uh, before she executes a finishing move. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I get the I get the broader criticism of the way Oscar sort of reacted to Alexa Bliss on Raw, but I don't know. I'm 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 kind of I'm kind of into Alexa Bliss in this spot. Yeah, I, I, it's I feel like that's the one thing the women's division has really missed. Uh, there's never been like there's always 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 a supernatural male figure. Right. There's always an Undertaker. There's always a Bray Wyatt. There's always a Fiend. And there's never really had been one for females, for women. And Alexa Bliss kind of being this Harley Quinn with superpowers now type of thing uh, kind of fits her, kind of fits her. And I think that was the great way of putting that, you know, in people's faces. Like, oh, my God, we haven't seen her in a real match in a long time. We just threw her with the Rome's champion and she mopped the floor with her. What's going to happen at the Royal Rumble? You know, so, I mean. I mean, gosh, she she burnt Randy Orton's face to a crisp. She has like a playground that pops up in the ring whenever she feels like it. Um, they don't put all that energy into somebody for nothing. I'll say it like that. So if Becky Lynch didn't, you know, isn't, you know, good to go, but or Ronda Rousey, who knows? One of those two are good to go by the Women's Royal Rumble. I think Alexa Bliss is my heavy favorite in winning the Women's Royal Rumble. Just as a point of order, if Alexa Bliss or Bray Wyatt, like if they're in the ring and the lights go out and when they come back on, everybody else is magically gone, does that mean they win the Rumble or do we still have to see them go (laughs) over the top rope and have their feet touch the floor? I mean, we'd have to ask the, uh, the, the magic mystical arts WWE guys. <laughs> yeah, get get the ghost of Jack Tunney on line two. <laughs> I haven't had a good ghost in a while. Um, uh, I think that's it. I want to give a special shout out. We, we mentioned it briefly. The Cesaro, the Cesaro Daniel Bryan match on SmackDown was just like an incredible match. Oh, really good. Really, really good match. Banger. A lot of cool stuff happened on. Uh, we didn't talk about either yesterday's shows. NXT was a great show. The Chompa Thatcher. Fight pit match was really fun. Um, I'm still kind of waiting for like the quintessential match in that structure, but those two guys have good chemistry. Uh, and it's interesting to see Ciampa in that sort of star making role sort of officially now. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure he'll get his look at some point, you know, he'll get another run with the title. Um, uh, I liked, I liked the Finn Balor, um, uh, Regal interaction. I like yes. Regal sort of like Regal sort of like uh like secretly mentoring Finn Balor and Finn not quite realizing it or something is uh is is a really interesting look. Um I love the Pete Dunn interaction. I love the Pete Dunn promo backstage where he pretty much NXT said, was oh, yeah. really good. Yeah. NXT, NXT was really good last night. Yeah. Yeah. I got I got in and out of AEW. Uh, uh, NXT blew AEW out of the water last night. And and I've I've usually liked in the last couple of weeks I've enjoyed Dynamite a little more, but this week I thought yeah. Dynamite, Dynamite's been really fun. I, I find it hard to get. I mean, this is what I mean. This is to each their own. I find it hard to get worked up about 
Matt Hardy in Private Party, even though I acknowledge that like Matt Hardy's working well, like he's doing what he's he's doing good stuff. He's really funny, and um, they were it was interesting that they were on TNA. It was cool they turned heel last night. Like I'm just not not that into them carrying segments. And um, uh, I I did I like Chuck Taylor and Miro a lot. I'm excited that mm. Chuck Again, is getting call it young boy. Go back to the young boy phraseology. I, I know, know it's uncomfortable for everybody, but uh, it's <laughs> up. It's a strange uh, time. Strange times. Uh, I'm excited <laughs> to see both of them get this, get a look like this. It's going to, I think, I think it'll work out well for, for all parties concerned. Um, I don't know. Is there anything else from AEW we need to touch on before we run on? I, I wanted to ask your guys' opinion on MJF in the inner circle. Now, one of the things that we, kind of debate on my show total f and marks you guys can uh, check it out on itunes uh is whether or not you know like ru- whether they rush mjf ruining the inner circle like whether or not they've had enough wins of, w- of all of them together as a unit to justify the acrimony what, what, do, what do you guys think well i think they kind of booked themselves into a corner for no if for nothing else than like when you add MJF and Wardlow to the inner circle, then you have like a third of your roster in one crew. It was like when every Tabati right. was in the NWO, right? So it's like you have to sort of it's not much the, of an inner circle anymore, is it? No, it's just <laughs> it's it's the it's the whole circle. Yeah. Uh, and and so so it, in that sense, it's kind of hard to do subtle storytelling, right? They can't. They I mean, but I I do feel like I do feel like uh, it's not. I feel like it's a little bit rushed. It's also not being positively affected by the Bullet Club reunion and whatever turmoil is going on with the, you know, between the Bucks and Omega. There's, you know, it's not exactly the same storyline, but it kind of feel like you do one at a time if you, if you were, you know, if everything was perfect. Um, I don't know. What, what, what do you think, Kaz? I don't know. It's weird because I feel like it. It felt a little. I'm still giving it time because, you know, MJF MJF and Chris Jericho has done some good work together. They had that really cool, like, the really cool vaudeville Broadway thing that was really funny. Uh, And Don't get me wrong. I thought the lead up to their first match was great. Really great. But now, like, you know, I didn't, um, I watched the main event and they're just like, oh, yeah, you know, we got to get some steam off. Let's all have like a triple threat tag team match together. I'm like, okay. All right, if that's the main event, cool. I'm gonna go watch this fight pit because that looks pretty. <laughs> like, yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean, and, I, and I'll catch that later. But um, I don't know. It, 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 I'm I'm still interested to see kind of where it goes because I feel like I feel like you know you look at uh, Jake Hager, and he's kind of felt a little underused in the inner circle, and I think he's probably better served as a solo act. I'm, I'm trying to see. Okay. I feel like it's too easy to just be like, all right, MJF's going to be the guy who... Santana breaks. and Ortiz have been, I mean, have basically been swallowed up by the inner circle. They haven't gotten the look, they haven't gotten the spot that that you could easily argue they should have gotten if they had been working separately. Yeah. yeah. They had yeah. a five-star Meltzer match last year, and now they're an afterthought. They are. Yeah. They are. But, I mean, I don't know. I like, I like, I like MJF a lot. So, you know, I've, I've, it's it's been rare that he's been put in a, in a high profile program that didn't eventually pay off in some way, shape, or form when it comes to AEW. So I'm still going to give that some, a little bit of time to burn. Um, and I think if this is all leading up to MJF eventually being the big bad of the company, um, which I think is it's, it's inevitable whether it happens this the year, only next way to year, go. Whatever, like he's the guy that you're putting a lot of money into as being like as I don't know, uh, you're Randy Orton, you know, like your go-to heel on anything, um, and the guy who just uh, who just who just excels as a heel, um, mm-hmm. he's the guy. Uh, so we'll see, we'll see. Yeah. I'm still, I'm still, the jury's still out on that, so I'll, I'll, that's why I'll leave it there. What was your verdict, Dan? Do you think it would, I mean, do you, do you like what they're doing? I, I, last night was the first night. I, w- I was totally fine with the Wardlow-Hager match. I really dug that. But last night was the first night, especially because there, it, it felt like for the first time, I kind of want to see all of them go different directions, like Kaz was saying. And I think it's just because the angle itself has become... You know, they just don't have enough, like, re- really, they don't have enough heat. Like you said, David, they don't have enough heels in that company. Mm-hmm. So when you when you have 
Sammy Guevara and Chris Jericho and MJF all feuding, it kind of hurts the rest of your product a little bit. Yeah. Because those are the guys that re- that really can get a baby face over. It's true. It's absolutely true. I'm trying to see if I have anything else that we need that we absolutely need to talk. About. I mentioned Jericho landing on his head. You know, maybe he should evolve the lion salt out of his uh, out of his repertoire at some point. We don't even need to talk about Jericho admitting that he had COVID and trying to like do the forensic timeline on that one. I I, I don't think he. I think he was. I, I think he was in quarantine, man. Like because they. At least that's what Meltzer said on his show. Oh, I don't. Um, I totally believe. I mean, I'm not. I'm not yeah. trying to. I'm not trying to conspiracy theorize. I, the whole thing is just sort of like eye rolling to me. I mean, I you know yeah. I don't want. I don't. I, you know, I just don't want to assume anything. People assume too right. much. Right. Um, yeah, I think that was it. We got a tournament. They have said. Uh, there's, I mean, there's a lot of cool stuff happening over there. But there. But listen, it's going to be. I think the bigger issue is. Listen, I love everything they're doing. I mean, I love watching the Bucks and Omega, and, and it looks like Don Callis is trying to drive a wedge between them. Like, they're actually telling that story really well. And this sort of relates to the inner circle thing and going back to the NWO thing. I mean, we've been telling a story with them for so long. It practically been telling a story about with them, with Omega and the Bucks since AEW started. I was kind of expecting it to slow down now. You know, I mean, I, I know there's going to be like hints of what's to come, but I was kind of expecting just to run with the Bullet Club where they're on top for a minute, you know, and 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 not focus on the potential dissension and everything else. But I, but I guess if the storyline is big, if the storyline is less Bullet Club and more like Don Callis trying to own Kenny Omega, that's interesting. Um, and maybe it's a better decision. I was just kind of ready for Kenny Omega as a, you know, standing champion for a while. Um, but I think the bigger question and we'll, you know, we can end on this or whatever is that we're in WrestleMania season now, right? I mean, we're the, the rumble, the rumbles in a week and a half and it's going to be really interesting to see what AEW does. Cause Cody said they were going to, you know, a while ago they were, he wanted to stay away from WrestleMania weekend physically. Um, that's obviously not an issue now, but like, we know that they're in this, I mean, we know that they're, they're in fight mode, right? They're in competition mode. So it'll be really interesting to see what they do. It'll be very interesting. It'll be it'll be it'll be silly of them not to take advantage of the mainstream appeal of pro wrestling in the spring. I w- I would just say that you know. So yeah, I would feel like they'll do something. What it is, I don't know. It, it's not going to be their big show. It's not going to be their Starcade or anything like that. But they're definitely going to they they've got to have something up their sleeve. And I'm 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 interested in that. Maybe they have CM Punk coming out to an empty arena up their sleeve. Who knows? <laughs> I can't believe it's. 2021. I think I think it was three years ago that I said we'd never fantasy book CM Punk into a Royal Rumble again, and yet here we are. Here we here are. Here we are. Damn it. Here we are. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Thank both of you for for being here today. What do yeah. you guys, uh, Dan? Do you want to do you want to do your plugs? Well, I have another podcast, Total Eleven Marks. It's it's a it's a really loaded podcast. Robert Carpolis, who does the WWE Creative Ish uh, Twitter feed, he also like Kaz wrote for WWE. We're going to be talking about uh, the 2000. Uh, six. Well, we're gonna be talking about uh, his time booking the, you know, around the creative team in 2006. That was when Rey Mysterio won the Rumble, one of mm. Kaz's favorite Rumbles. We're also yes. gonna be fantasy booking uh, post invasion, and this is all on Thursday. It's me, Robert Carpolis, and then Scott Chaplin, who's been the hilarious co-host for a while, and Mike Lawrence, who uh, just joined the show and has been awesome. David's been on the show. Kaz, we'd love to have you on the show. I'm also doing some live gigs. I'm gonna be at Soul Joe's. Comedy Dome tomorrow night in Pennsylvania. Uh, they it's an arena show, so it's pretty safe, social distance. But if you feel uncomfortable, uh, you know, please don't come. And then in two weeks, I'm going to be in Minneapolis at Acme, and they'll also be following a bunch of socially distant guidelines. So, uh, but again, if you don't feel comfortable, don't come. Thank you. <laughs> awesome. Uh, I'll definitely come on the show. Let me know, Dan. I'll definitely. Yeah, absolutely, up. man. Um, check out Say Less with Kaz and Low Key Podcast every Monday on uh, every streaming platform. Uh, the first one, DJ Khaled on Amazon Music, dropping every Thursday. Um, gosh, MSGAM is now MSGPM. We will be following all the Knicks games starting uh, at the end of January on MSG Networks, whether you have it in the New York, Connecticut, um, New Jersey area, or you have Fubo or AT&T TV, you can get the MSG Network there. Uh, following all the Knicks games, um, myself and uh, my co-host Monica McNutt. And uh, yeah, 
catch me on the damn mass man show every Wednesday. Are you working on just so we know, are you working on Nick's are good material when you're when you're just sitting around your house or Nick's are <laughs> Nick's are bad yeah. material? Like what is your where do you think the season's going? Now? The Knicks are competent this year, and that's all you can ask for as a Knicks fan. <laughs> is it just me or does DJ Khaled look like doesn't he dress like a drug dealer's carpet? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not I'm not responding to that. <laughs> I'm not responding to like, that. Like he looks like Scarface's throw rug. <laughs> Dan almost made it through the show without getting edited out. That's it's fantastic. All good. Great. It's all good. Great work. Someday Kazan will tell you the story about when when uh when Dan came on the show and made Bray Wyatt jokes that 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 well I'll just say this. It was an hour long show. I think the final the final the final uh, output was about 35 minutes long. So it was, <laughs> yeah, there was uh, I remember that run. He's a genius, but definitely shouldn't have it been was on so the air. That's all good. Well, they'll live. I will uh, talk to both you guys very soon. Thank you again for doing this. Thank everybody who's listening for listening. Apologies as always to John Moxley. We'll see you back here next week, humanoids. Tony Schiavone here on the Masked Man Show. We are desperately out of time. The tape machines are rolling. We'll see you next week on the Masked Man Show. 